Hey, this is Dexter Sites. My name's Caleb Wood. My name is Billy McLaughlin. And you're listening. You're listening to. You are listening to the Drum Report. To the GoPro Drum Report. To GoPro Drum Report on Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. Welcome to a Verbmoto podcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and this is another episode of the Grom Report, brought to you by GoPro. Are you part of the GoPro team yet? If not, you might want to go to gopro.com and enter the Grom Quest. What's the Grom Quest? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you about it. What you need to do, get yourself GoPro, film yourself or your Grom doing some awesome stuff, get some cool footage, and then submit it to the Grom Quest. Once it's submitted, you very well could be entered. You'll be entered to win and could possibly win some amazing prizes, including GoPro swag and the brand new GoPro 11 Hero Black, as well as become part of the GoPro team. I wish you the best of luck with that. Make sure that you enter the Grom Quest. And let's just get on with the rest of this episode of the Grom Report brought to you by GoPro. With me on the line... A guy who I first had a podcast with back in 2014, and we're about to come up to 2024, so it's been almost 10 years since the first time him and I talked. That was back when he was up here in Canada racing the Canadian Nationals. Goes by the name of Kyle Swanson. Kyle, how's it going? How you doing, man? It's been a while. It's been way too long. We have, uh, like, we've been sort of like ping pong balls bouncing around the motocross industry for about a decade now. Every once in a while, we'll sort of collide and bounce off each other again uh, and, and exchange a high five or a, a fist bump along the way. We're both, we're honestly, we're both way too busy on any one race day to spend a whole lot of time. But right now, right here, we're going to uh, kind of dig a little deeper as to what the magic behind the, the secret sauce over at the Kyle's crew truly is. Yeah, man, it, it is pretty crazy. Over the, the past uh, <clears throat> ten years, I've, I've I've run into you in in all the situations that I've been in, from from uh, the racer side to being in Supercross. I've been I've been under the stadium and run into you. I've been to Outer Nationals and run into you. I've been a mechanic for teams and ran into you. It's it, it's it's been pretty cool to see to see how uh, uh, both of us have have ended up in those situations in the small world. Yes, sir, my friend. It's uh has a lot to do with just keeping our noses down and uh, and keeping grinding at it because that's pretty much the only way to uh, truly uh, cultivate some success within the motocross industry. It is a doggy dog world. It's a, it's a world where um, hustle is 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 rewarded if nothing else. And uh, you've never shied away from that. You're a guy who obviously you're from Texas. Uh, how we first met was you were racing for a Canadian team. So uh, right away, we know that uh, you were outsourcing any and any possible way you could possibly get some gate drops, make some money as a racer. And you were able to do that with the PRMX KTM team um, way back in 2014. And you were able to continue with that uh, racing some as a privateer in Supercross, uh, both 250s. And I think you lined up on the 450 class as well. Well, uh, and you even spun some wrenches. So your like your experience and uh, and knowledge is quite deep at this point. Man, I'm just I'm just a full addict. Honestly, it it started at three years old. It was pretty early on that we knew we were in trouble with this, and uh, I started racing then. And my dad never let me uh, get away from bike work. I was I think I was five years old. Dude had me washing my bike. So every part of this whole sport and, and everything that it took, my dad made me be a part of. And, um, you know, there were so many times where I just thought he hated me 
and thought like, dude, this dude just doesn't want to do anything. He wants me to do it all. And it's crazy now, you know, we, in Texas, we've got a property that we both have houses on. So we spend quite a bit of time when we're there and uh, it's crazy uh, how much of, of everything that, that he taught me went into who I am today and, and how much effort I put forth to the sport with racing, to being a mechanic, to being a team manager. Um, dude, I freaking love all of it. And even he sometimes is like, dude, like you really like this stuff. I'm like, dad, yeah, dude. Like you kind of made me like it, but like, I, I love it. He's like, that's crazy, dude. Like you've just 31 years of your life, every single day you've spent around motorcycles. I'm like, yep. Not going to stop anytime soon. I promise that. No kidding, man. I, I, it's, uh, there must be an echo in here because I've got a very similar story with my old man. Like sometimes I tell him like, Hey, I'm off doing this or I uh, no, I'm flying. Sorry, dad. I can't make it this weekend. I'm heading down to Vegas for this or that. And he kind of just looks at me like this sport that like, I, I'm sure he didn't think that I was going to take it where I took it or how I'd take it there. Um, but yeah, my dad just bought a, a nine-year-old, a dirt bike back in 1998 and, uh, yeah, um, 25 plus years later, um, full-time here at Verb podcast with guys like yourself. And I, I just, I, I, I can't get enough of it. I, I continue to, to love the, the, the pageantry of the sport, the tradition of the sport, the innovation of the sport and, uh, and seeing other people get the opportunity to, to enjoy that throttle therapy that you and I love so much. And now you're a part of that with Kyle's crew able to not only help kids get faster, but also help them do it in the safest way possible, which you as well as I know, if a kid's able to stay safe and, uh, and really make something special happen, that's, uh, that's how they're able to get the most amount of throttle therapy period. Right. Yeah, dude. Like it's, it's pretty wild how it all, how all of it came about with, you know, being a professional racer, all of us have trained a kid here and there. Um, it's something that I've been doing since I was probably 17 year old. I actually, I was in, uh, man, I was when I was riding for SXR and I was in when in Winnipeg, I think it is. Yes, sir. I was in Winnipeg. Yeah, I was in Winnipeg and I was at, uh, a track up there with Ryan, uh, Millar. And dude, we had like 52 kids, I think in one day for the FXR like training ride day thing. And it was things like that that just kind of like let me, you know, kind of showed me that side of the sport and how much I enjoyed that side. And over the years, I just gradually took on a little bit more and um, eventually just ended up creating a business out of it. And it, uh, man, it, it pays tenfold and emotionally, mentally, physically, it's, you know, the, it, it's crazy and it's almost sad to say, but like in the few, last few months, or the, I mean, the last year, I haven't ridden a lot. I only rode about eight times before Loretta's in probably like six months. And uh, and since Loretta's, I've only ridden like three or four times. But I really do get that same satisfaction that I never thought I would get um, from not riding, but by while teaching the kids and and teaching the people. It's like I'm riding while I'm explaining it. I'm an imagine. I'm imagining it. And I'm reading the track for them, and I'm trying to you know. Uh, give them all the information I have. And at the end of the day, it feels like I did all the motos myself. And uh, I, I get the exact same, you know, emotion and feeling out of it. So, you know, although I'm not riding as much right now, I will. But it's it's nice to have a, a job that gives me that exact same feeling, which was kind of, you know, the, always the fear. Like, I always want to feel this way. I don't ever want to give this up. Try to find a job in the industry that kind of gives you that. And for me, this one, uh, 
completely covered all all four corners of that. Well, you spend a lot of time uh, molding the the young minds and uh, and bodies of, of young athletes, and it, it sort of sounds to me like you get your own opportunity to uh, take in your own version of secondhand smoke, which whether that's two strokes or uh, or four strokes, um, giving back to the community. And I think I can sort of align with it because honestly, I, I don't have the skill set to to really give the same amount of uh, value as maybe uh, a Kyle Swanson, a Kyle's career did with the Kyle's crew, but I used to, I used to like coach freestyle skiing. And when I would teach a kid something and like, you, you see that like sort of aha moment in a kid's eyes when you like, you, you've been trying to teach them something and all of a sudden they just do it. And they have this sensation like they've never done that before. And you help them get there. Um, that in itself is maybe one of the most rewarding experiences in the sport period. No, it, it, it really is. And it does, it gives you that feeling as if you've done it. Um, and as selfish as that sounds, I think that a, the motor, the motocross side of us, you know, through the riders, we kind of, we kind of still search for that feeling. And, uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely thankful to not have to ever give that up and to kind of always have that race attitude and that race mindset every single day. Um, you know, tonight I'm sitting here and, and I've, I've drawn a track map of farm 14 the track that we're running currently and i've got it broken down into segments and all of our riders the lap times that they ran this afternoon and their names and and how they compare to the week before and i mean it it's it's a it's a full-on addiction and i love it i love every bit of it dude it sounds like things are starting to sh- take shape now farm 14 that sounds familiar like i mean like the number 14 has become synonymous uh there's a couple of riders over the years that have really made it sort of a hallmark but from my understanding that you've partnered with maybe the most legendary 14 to ever lace them up uh and that's none other than uh the one they they call k-dub kevin windham how the heck did the two of you guys link up and honestly like like as as awesome as Kyle's crew truly is, sometimes you need someone like K Dub to really push you into the stratosphere, and it sounds like you've been able to do that over the last year or so. Yeah, here in the the last six months, you know, I, I have to say, if he was listening to this, I wouldn't give him all that much credit. That dude, you know, he walks around big shoulders. I know. <laughs> we do have to make sure that we don't uh, let he, Kevin's he head get too me big. Around. He bullies me around quite a bit, but no. Uh, about, I think it was probably six months ago, uh, I was racing the regionals for the South Central Regional, the big bike. And um, my kids that I had been training, you know, we always talk about Kyle racing Loretta's. In the last three years, I've just gone and supported them. And we always said I was going to do it. And last year, I actually went there. Uh, I'd just broken my leg and I'd gotten actually a pretty bad infection. And I had an IV in my arm. And uh, two times a day, I was having to give myself my own injections there at uh, Loretta's sitting in the back of a fifth wheel right on the starting line. Um, you know, and, and at that moment when I was sitting there and I was kind of just, I couldn't leave the motorhome, I couldn't sweat. Uh, I had to eat and drink certain things throughout the entire day just to be there. It was, it was, I had Daniel, had a nurse. It was, it was pretty crazy. Um, the Zenistec family took care of me that whole time. And in, in that moment, I was like, man, I don't know how many chances you're going to get to race Loretta Lynn. You know what I mean? I know I've gotten my, my few, but as an older rider and sitting there completely helpless and, and having this infection in my blood, I was like, dude, I'm going to race Loretta. So, you know, coming into this year, 
we ended up, you know, doing area qualifiers at Three Palms and then, and then going to regionals there at Freestone. And the first moto, um, I came out, got a good start, ended up getting eighth, uh, which I was kind of bummed on. I was like, dude, eighth, like that's not even qualifying. That's crazy. Plus 25. Like I thought that this was going to be, you know, this is a vet class. What ha- like, why is this so hard? So I go up in the tower, I'm doing my studying and, uh, I'm, I'm telling Shan Garcia and JP Parsons up there, the announcers, I'm like, man, y'all see K-Dubs here? Like, that's pretty crazy. I've seen him on the line with some kids, and that's, that's just rad. And K-Dub pokes his head out around him because they're sitting in, like, bar stools, and he's in, like, this little chair. And they, he pokes his head out around him. He's all, what's up, dude? And I'm like, hey, like, sorry, dude. I didn't mean to, like, fanboy you or nothing. I just thought it was pretty cool. That you were <laughs> his ears are burning. Yeah, I was like, it's pretty cool that you're down there. Just it's rad to see you, dude. Cool. And, like, I just kind of got embarrassed a little bit and, Walked over into the corner of the tower, sat by myself. About a minute later, he pulls up a chair. We, we start talking. We're, we're kind of laughing about what's going on in the race. We're talking about other riders. And um, uh, Shan Garcia leans back and he goes, Kyle, are you going to win this next race? And I was like, hell yeah. And he's like, yeah? Oh, yeah. He goes, all right, 20 bucks. You win this next race. And Kevin looks at me and he goes, can you win that race? I said, yeah, I can win it. And he goes, all right, well, then let's see it. I'll stay up here in this tower while you race, and I want to see it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you got to be kidding me. Like, how, how did this just happen? You know what I mean? I'm at Freestone for an amateur youth qualifier. I get eighth in the first moto, totally bummed. And I'm up here telling Kato I'm about to win the thing, and I've got to leave with that <laughs> mindset. So I'm like, all right, dude, like, go back. I tell my wife, I'm like, all right, sweetheart, like, we got to go win this thing. Kato betting against us. And uh, she doesn't even know who it is. And so, lo and behold, I start out like eight. I go to first, and I just leave them. Like, I, <laughs> I win by a mile. And uh, I, I'm packing my things up, get everything loaded after the weekend. I end up getting a second overall with an 8-1. And then as soon as I pull out of the gate, Shan Garcia calls me, and he's like, hey, dude, you might want to answer your phone. You're probably going to get one of the most important phone calls of your life. And I'm like, what? trying to think of like everything that it could have been and had no idea and then lo and behold it was probably the most important call of my entire life and it was Kevin Windham and he called me up and just said dude look like uh are you serious about you know wanting to come down and check everything out that I have and I said I am and he goes well I'm willing to have you come down and try it out and I said I'll be there tomorrow and he goes well you can be here by Friday so I <laughs> Took me, it got, he gave me four days, and I, I literally made the move with my wife. And uh, we still have our house in Texas, and we'll always have that. But um, we made the move, and, and now it seems like we're probably going to be here for years to come. And it's, it's literally, man, it's a, it's a blessing. I, I dreamt of winning all the championships in Supercross in the world and all of the championships in outdoors in the world and, and hopefully one day being in this position and you know, I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to win, do those, you know, accolades that I, I had dreamt for, like winning Supercross or Outdoor. But I definitely did end up exactly where I had always dreamt of being in the very end. And for me, that's, you know, maybe my road was just a little bit different. But I'm very thankful. 100%, man. It, it's it's not always about um, getting exactly where you thought you would, say, when you're 15, 16, you're going through the amateur ranks. There's, there's, there's tons of riders who, um, they, they have aspirations to win outdoor nationals, supercross races, supercross championships. And for everybody who, who has that dream, there are likely thousands 
maybe hundreds of thousands that don't end up getting there. Um, but there's even more who have that dream and later on in life they, they haven't carved out a, a place for themselves within the motocross industry. They're, they haven't been able to, to even stay in the sport. And, and you've found a way to, to fuel that addiction and, and, uh, and, and honestly just find other ways to fill those buckets for yourself. Uh, and that's something to, uh, to really admire because that not everyone is able to do that. They, a lot of people say, Hey, if I, if I can't do it the way I, I envisioned it, then I'm not, I'm going to go to try and do something else altogether. Um, that's not you. And I think that's important. Uh, no, I appreciate that. You know, in 27 years of being in this industry, I've gotten so many friends, and some of them have, have been amazing racers and amazing people and truly, tr- like, just bled this sport. But they got burnt out, and they ended up leaving and trying a, a completely different side of life that they thought would work. And sitting back, I'm like, man, like, if you would have just, you know, pushed a little bit in a different part of this industry, whether it had been a mechanic, whether it had been a team manager, you know, a gear guy, a, a, you know, a filmer, um, a, a, you know, a journalist, whatever it is, there's so many different sides to the sport to enjoy that give you that same feeling and allow you to still be a part of it. And when I discovered that, I was just like, man, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what I have to be. I will always be a part of this sport. And that's something that uh, I value, you know, in my teachings with all the riders that I have. There are so many, you know, last year I trained 162 different riders. My, my wife keeps a, a log of these things. She just kind of like that. But we trained 162 different riders. And there are, there are, you know, many times when a rider comes to me and immediately you'll, you'll kind of know, you know, this person might not go out and be a James Stewart, but, you know, he, he could be a, you know, a broadcaster or, or you know, someone that, that rides and enjoys it and loves it and is able to take that knowledge and, and go to a whole different side of the sport and still, you know, make a living and be a part of it. And I've gotten to experience so much of that myself that I'm able to share that with so many riders and, um, and it, you know, kind of let, shed light on our whole entire industry, not just the racing side of it, but all the other sides of it that, that help it, you know, go. Absolutely. And I think what's one of the most important things that I, I, a lot of the riders that are, are going to get out of working with any facilities, but especially Kyle's crew, is the fact that once you attain a certain level of mastery of motocross, um, to a certain degree, it stays with you. Yeah, you might get rusty if you, you spend uh, six months to a year off the bike due to either injury or uh, like yeah, other life gets busy. You know, you, you just mentioned earlier, you're spending less time on the bike than ever, but, um, like the fact that like you, you might spend a, a good amount of money to, to get as fast as a, a current racer is right now, but the, the, the investment is not just for this summer. It's, it's lifelong and it's, it's the ability to, uh, Hey, if I want to go on a, a vet riding, uh, a trip with my buddies in 20 years, I'm still going to have that skill set and I'm still going to have the passion to be able to do that. Um, and, and having the, a high sense of mastery at a young age, uh, is a big part of that. No. Yeah, it absolutely is. And regardless of what you do, if, if you've ever ridden a dirt bike and, and, competed in one race in your life you will do all things in life close to that <laughs> it's just it's it's something that as soon as you do it as you know you're addicted to it it's, it's a part of you and you know through motocross and, and all the things that i've learned 
not only from, you know, the, the working side of it, but the fun side of it, man, I've used it throughout my entire life more than anything. And it's just been all the knowledge that, that motorcycles have given me and from, from business and personal skills, being able to talk to people from, to being able to send emails properly to, to, you know, building a business. Motocross has, has literally been my college. I, I, I say that I've got, I think I've got a doctorate now in uh, moto college. Fair enough. Well, we might have to uh, contact our friends over at uh, On Track School, and maybe they can uh, draw you up a, a special Dude. certificate or something along those lines. But um, that actually kind of oh, go ahead. I said I would hang it. I would definitely hang it on the wall. Hell yeah! Um, that actually leads me to my next question that I was thinking of asking you is like. Obviously, to get to where you're at, you must have had a lot of lessons along the way. Um, who are some of the people who were most impactful in helping you learn uh, the athlete side of things, the riding side of things, and maybe most importantly, the business side of things? Man, the, over over all the years, um, my mom and dad were were was I think where I was extremely fortunate um, was my my parents were very involved for most of my career. So I was probably 15, 16, which was, you know, all the way until we knew like, this is what we were going to do for the rest of our lives. Um, and I, my dad just showed me hard work and my mom showed me discipline. And, um, you know, I had, you know, here and there, I would have local pros that would, you know, my mom and dad would pay for a lesson here and there, but I never, ever went to a training facility. I had never been to one. Um, I went to school my whole entire life. I was only homeschooled for about a year and a half, um, my senior year, and uh, the junior and senior year. And then um, that I, I'm, yeah, honestly, as much as I want to preach, I had a teacher and I had someone that brought me here and I went to a facility and this is what happened. Growing up in South Texas, we, there was not a single facility in Texas. The The only facility we knew of was was mtf and we couldn't afford to to make it that far or, or to make that that um you know financial sacrifice we had to just kind of do it from our home track cycle ranch and uh just ride a lot we rode a ton and my dad he didn't ever do lap time i don't think he ever told me how to do something or that i was doing something bad he would always let me know how i could do something a little bit better and then just kind of supported me like he was super easy on me and then sometimes I would tell him like dude if you would have just like hit me like someone else or like grab me or something maybe I'd have got mad like won a bunch of championships and not just want to uh, be in a pro championship and he's like yeah but I, I enjoyed it as much as you enjoyed it and so you know we're still best friends and we live on the same property in Texas together and my mom and me are best friends and she was never hard on me and it was really just kind of like a family thing. We just, we kind of all just went to the races and got better together. Um, I, I, I would probably just give it up to my family for that. There, as, as my, there was a few people along the way, you know, Brandon Bebout and Carrie Shear and uh, a few other, um, you know, amazing people. Really, it was my, I think my family. 
That's super powerful, man. I, I love to hear that you have that uh, support system. I think that's really, really important that uh, kids have. Um, and honestly, my dad had uh, maybe, my dad was probably a little bit even even less intense than your old man. My dad would walk to the line with his camera in hand, and I, I'd, I'd be looking for a, a bit of a pep talk, and he'd be like, "Ah, oh, keep her on two wheels." And I'm like, "All right, it sounds great, Brian." Um, Dude, dude, I got I got thirty second at Loretta's my first year, and my dad like almost cried. <laughs> He was like, I never made it here. I never even got this far. I was like, dude, I got, I, I got lapped twice by Christian Craig. Like, are you for real right now? <laughs> dude, I just love you. I'm like, oh, man. I was mad, but he wasn't. He never was. He just was just so stoked to be there, just like your dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? A lot of the, the kids whose dads were hard on them, uh, those guys don't even race anymore. Um because they kind of got over it or burnt out or this, that, and anything, and I'm still swinging the axe. And uh, yeah, I might not have uh, the, the speed that I wish I had. And you know what? I probably need to spend some time down, uh, like head down to uh, um, Mississippi and uh, – uh, and- Dude, I got a bet I got a bed for you and a, a scholarship. We will talk. You're willing to make We will talk, and we'll, and we'll, we'll record the whole thing for Verb Moto. Um but uh yeah dude like the this Kyle's crew thing like tell tell me the ins and outs of what it takes to get involved with something like this because I've got an athlete up here who's currently down in uh he's he's hanging out with you guys down there right now uh and and he he's absolutely loving it Yeah dude Jagger Jagger Wall man he's yes, the sir. man There there isn't anyone that has a better attitude than Jagger we we always like today we got done with a, a 20 minute moto um, and it was raining and the, you know, it's, it's obviously kind of muddy and there's a little bit more of a reason for the kids to find, to be upset than happy. And we get done and Jagger's just stoked. And he's just like, man, this is just such a beautiful day. This is, you know, the most fun day on a motorcycle. And I told everybody, you know, the 15 kids sitting there from a riders all the way down to, to new, you know, first time riders. And I'm like, man, if you guys could just have a smile and attitude like Jagger, you you would you would go really far in the sport, and uh, that really does that it does say a lot. It really does. Jagger has um, such a good attitude. There's not anything I can throw at him that bums him out. Like he is always just ready to learn anything, take on anything. It doesn't matter how big the challenge, how big the jump. You know, he he's ready to uh, to commit to it, and I will work with that all day long. Dude, that is so cool to hear, and I think we're we're gonna get him on the podcast shortly. Um, but uh, what what are some of the the plans that you have for not only Kyle's crew, but uh, like the the far uh, for the is it the Farm Fourteen or Fourteen Farm? Farm uh, Farm Fourteen. Farm Fourteen. So, Tell, what, what what's on the horizon for you guys? Yeah. So uh, when Kevin and I got together about this, uh, six months ago, we you know at first. The training facility was our our um, our biggest focus, and it still is. And 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 kind of building the property that he has. Um, he's got the racetrack here that regionals were held at, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got quite the facility. Um, he's got over two thousand acres, four or five training tracks, a supercross track, um, like five to ten miles of mountain bike trails. And uh, from that point, we were. I was just like, look, like do you want to kind of vamp this whole place up or do you just want to kind of be a training facility? And uh, he, he kind of wants to, to get the whole place going and, and to really be a one of a kind 
extreme off-road park, as you, if you will, um, for training and for families and, and to be able to, to do it all, to ride mountain bikes, to go hiking, to ride side-by-sides, to pit bike tracks, like so, kind of honestly something that's never been done. There's no, no doubt about it. It's absolutely something that's never been done. And we, we have a tricky industry because, you know, we always say to make a million dollars in motocross, you start with two <laughs> yeah. and you'll, and you'll probably end up with one. Um, <laughs> and I think that's probably, you know, one of my, 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 the, 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 the biggest reasons why I say I commit so much to K-Dub is he's such a, such a human. He's, he's extremely real. He really does understand you know, what we're here for and why we're here, why we're doing this. This isn't a pipe dream. You know, we don't, we're not doing it because we think that there's going to be a bunch of money at the end of the road. But, you know, he is obviously completely obsessed with the sport as well as I am and, and every side of it. And we know that with this 2,000 acres and with his knowledge and my knowledge, what we can do is endless. Um, if, if we wanted to start a team, we could start a team. If we wanted to, uh, you know, become one of the biggest training facilities in the world. We could become one of the biggest training facilities in the world. We could be a test facility. We could be, um, you know, really anything. And we're open to all of it. And we're exercising all of our, all the ideas right now. And he's, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say blown away, but he's definitely taken back by what we've, what we've done so far and how far we've come. And he's freaking head, head down to, all the, all the other ideas that we're chasing. And I'm just completely blessed to be little Kyle Swanson from uh, San Antonio, Texas. And uh, I'm, you know, Kevin Windham's right-hand man. And that to me, I mean, I'll preach that to the day I die with every kid that I ever teach. You know, you never know where the sport can take you. It, it might not be a championship that takes you to, uh, you know, the highest part of your goal or the highest part of your career. Although I, I will, I will push you to get that championship and, and I will have, I would have loved to obtain one myself and I don't know where I would have gone with one, but regardless, you know, this is a dream come true for me and, and I can, you know, kind of influence people to push their dreams in, in all the ways of the sport and end up, you know, at the highest, at the highest part as well. Certainly sounds like there's uh, some uh, serious imposter syndrome going on over at the at the Kyle Swanson's oh, world. Serious. You you just having to pinch yourself every other day, aren't you? I do. I, it's funny as you say that. I, it it really is like that. I, I talk to my wife, and I I let her know all the time. I'm like, sweetheart, it's crazy. It's like every day we you know we become uh, you know best friends and and and. Uh, colleagues at that we just go over ideas and do everything and I come home and I talk about them and 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 not ever argue but you know just kind of going back and forth and at the end of the day I'm like that's so crazy that I'm going through my day and thinking like that it's it's Kevin that I'm going back and forth with it about you know and like I said I don't want to say that we ever argue because we don't ever argue but we definitely do voice our opinions and you know we will call spade a spade but we go back and forth and it's just like normal life. And then at the end of the day, I have to remind myself, like, I'm extremely thankful that that's Kevin Wyndham on the other line with me, you know, arguing about, you know, do we build big apartments or do we build a race shop? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I get just as mad at him as I do my dad. I promise you that. 
That is dude. That is awesome to hear that you guys have that type of uh, relationship. Now, the last question I have before uh, for you before uh, we we bring Jagger onto the podcast. Uh, that'll be a separate interview altogether. But uh, what do you hope to instill in your the athletes you work with? What is the one thing that you hope that all uh, of Kyle's crew take away from working with you? Man, I I don't know. It could probably sound cliche, but it's just to understand, be able to understand something that you love, uh, which is uh, pretty crazy to think about. But although the dirt bike is how, like, we we talk about it, life is so short, things are so short, um, opportunities are short and fast-lived. And through dirt bikes, I kind of just, like, spread happiness and spread the knowledge that I have and what, you know, just enjoying yourself. And I would probably say that that's probably my biggest message and, and, you know, attribute that I teach to all my riders is just um, learning how, learning how to love what you're doing, learning why you're, why you love it. And if you understand that a lot of riders have taken that and the idea to a championship. Um, And some riders have figured out like, you know, what they've loved in this sport and what they really do it for and why they really care so much. And it's, um, been a pretty uh, direct path to to why we love what we do. Spoken like a true champion, my friend. Uh, Kyle Swanson here, the operator of Kyle's crew down at uh, Farm 14. You guys um, are absolutely crushing it. I'm so proud of everything you've been able to achieve to this point, my friend. I think it's about time we uh, we dial up Jagger. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely, man. Awesome. Well, do, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut things off with you right there. All right, everybody. It is your boy, Brad Gebhardt here at Burb Moto, and I am so pleased and proud to present this interview with the one, the only, Jagger Wall. Honestly, this kid has an absolute heart of gold, and please listen to this young man. He is a great example of what I would consider a lot of kids uh, as a great athlete to look up to. He's got a great attitude, and uh, he's got a great outlook on uh, how to approach this sport that we love so much. So enjoy Jagger Wall here on the Burb Pod Network. And we're back here on the podcast with a very special guest, uh, near and dear to my heart, a a Manitoban uh for the first time here on the grom report uh welcome to the broadcast none other than jagger wall jagger welcome to the verb moto grom report brought to you by gopro hey thanks for having me brad hey no problem man thanks for making some time for us uh jagger you are a young up-and-coming canadian rider uh just moved up to uh big bikes this year after spending some time on 80s um and when a lot of your competition is back up here in the great canadian north uh you're down you're down at south at uh farm 14 getting some uh, much needed throttle therapy and uh learning a thing or two from kyle's crew that's pretty cool oh yeah i love it down here it's so good it's much better than the cold manitoban winters no kidding well i hear you are missing a few hockey games but uh i'm i'm sure you're not quote unquote missing them uh when you get to uh ride a facility like farm 14 uh before we talk about the trip you're on right now how did you get into motocross in the first place well i started really little probably around 3 or 4 years old i just got a honda 50 from my grandparents for my birthday and it's really started from there 
that's pretty cool, man. So you started at a super young age, lots of time on a dirt bike. For those who don't know, you live in uh, kind of rural Manitoba, so there isn't a whole lot around you. Uh, so lots of time to, to spend on pit bikes and, uh, you head out to Dreamland, which is kind of a, uh, a local hotspot, uh, really close to you. It's about an hour from me, but it's probably about 25 minutes, maybe at the absolute most for you to drive. Um, that's pretty cool. You've been able to, uh, kind of share the sport with your dad. He races, he rides, uh, and you yourself in the last three years have kind of really taken off. Oh yeah. Yeah. It feels so good to be around here and be able to ride all the time. And like you said, dreamland, that's one of the best places to go ride and practice, especially when all your friends and you can come out and we can all ride together, you know? For sure. And you know what? I don't come out nearly as often as I should. Uh, you can blame Verb Moto for that. Uh, my travel schedule is a little bit, uh, more sporadic than I thought it would be this year. But you know what? I, I probably should have got, uh, gotten out there more times than I ended up. I, I, I rode there twice this year. Uh, I'm usually out there four or five times, uh, and I was missing it, but, uh, it was incredible this last year. Um, Jagger, to see your progression from you being on 80s, like at the beginning of the year, you're pretty big on the bike. Shortly thereafter, you got a, a 125 and a 250F now. Uh, you fit those bikes a little better, don't you? Oh yeah, it's so much better because riding 85s for me, it was pretty difficult because a kid that's 5'10 on a KX85, that doesn't go together too much, but I just felt like I felt great at home on the 250 so yeah yeah you fit that thing a glove most uh most kids uh don't even get to the height you're at right now period let alone riding 80s uh at five foot ten that's pretty tall um and i know that you you like to spend a lot of time putting in laps with uh with jackson weeb the two of you guys are are, are pretty good buddies up here uh what can you kind of learn from each other riding and, and sort of just pacing each other at the beginning of the year you're uh pretty similar pace and you've both gotten faster over the last year oh yeah well first off jackson he he rips he's so fast on a dirt bike and uh yeah i just love love riding with him because he knows what he's talking about and just riding with your buddies is i think just the best thing you can do you know as you always say throttle therapy you know it, man. That's what it's all about. So um I don't know how it all kind of came about. I guess you can sort of fill me in. But uh a good friend of mine, someone that I've known for a long period of time, Tyler Bergen, uh, is is sort of the mastermind behind the trip that you're currently on. He took about a, oh, I don't know, about a six or seven, maybe even an eight-year hiatus from the sport gets himself back into it uh, on, albeit a carbureted 2007 or 8 uh, Kawasaki 250F. And uh, by some way, somehow, he's back in it, lock, stock, and barrel, which included a trip down to Farm 14. And uh, somehow he swindled you into coming along with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he spent a long time off the bike, and I only really started to know him once he came back. And he he rips especially on that old bike, but now he got a new 450 and yeah, we came down here to the farm, basically just started with him just kind of coming over and seeing him at the track and talking and everything. So it's kind of how it all went down. 
it's pretty amazing how uh, a, a friendship can blossom pretty quickly in uh, the sport of motocross, obviously at the common ground of, uh, of enjoying the exhilaration of racing on two wheels, but uh, yeah, pretty like the, the camaraderie uh, you guys have spent no less than at least 13, 14 hours in the vehicle together. Uh, what's that process been like uh, a little bit getting to know each other and uh, yeah, putting some time uh, behind the wheel. And uh, for those who know or don't know, Jagger's only 14. So uh, Tyler's doing all the driving. Yeah, it's been pretty good. We've gotten to know each other really well and, yeah, the car rides have been really good. Lots of good conversations and everything. Lots of conversations about coming here to the farm. We were so pumped to come and, oh yeah. I like it. Have, uh, did he, did he share any stories about me or, or is, as the, the, that shit talking hasn't uh, come around to that just yet? No, he hasn't said much. Okay, I don't know good. If I okay, ask good. Him now. Sounds yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> I love it, dude. But you've been working with Kyle Swanson. You're officially part of Kyle's crew. Uh, tell me a little bit about working with Kyle, getting to know K-Dub a little bit. And uh, did I see a video today of Kevin Windham skimming whoops in a pair of skate shoes? Oh, I love working with Kyle. He's just the most upbeat and great guy, you know. And, uh, yeah, he's always so happy and he knows exactly what he's talking about. So I love that. And, uh, yeah, whenever we're working on a section and we're not doing something right, then, then Kevin comes in his, in his tennis shoes and his shorts and what have you. And he comes and hits it better than all of us. So, uh, yeah, he's just crazy that way. And that video that you're talking about of him skimming that, that, those whoops are no joke. That is insane how he does that. So have you been hitting the, that's that was, were you part of the, the group there that uh, was riding the supercross track or what, what, uh, what, what tracks are you been riding mostly? Um, like I, like I, I know your skill set, man. I, I think you'd be, uh, uh, a little bit timid heading into a, a set of whoops like that, but, uh, maybe you've gotten a whole lot faster just in the three or four days you've been down there. Well, no, I haven't been riding supercross. Those whip, <laughs> those whoops are, little far for me okay but uh me and tyler went to go check it out i think it was yesterday evening and uh it's it's pretty cool once you see supercross in person then you have a lot more respect for all the supercross riders yeah it gives you a whole new appreciation for what those guys do you stand on the takeoff of a supercross triple and yeah the landing is way out there those guys make it look way too easy um what's the tracks been like down there at uh farm 14 from my understanding you got four or five different tracks different uh different obstacles different degrees of difficulty um and uh and, and with that you get the instruction of, uh, of a world-class rider with not not only kyle swanson but also uh kevin windham the guy um he's a he's a well acknowledged and he he raced hard for a long period of time oh yeah well, first off, the tracks, they're nothing like you can find in Manitoba. They're just amazing because every day we ride, they're perfectly prepped and tilled and watered and everything. The last few days, they've been pretty wet, but but we've managed and it's been fun. And uh yeah, the tracks are great. Lots more big jumps than Manitoba, that's for sure. But oh yeah, it's so great here. And you're talking about Kevin. He's a really good teacher. Yeah, he's he knows exactly what he's talking about and how he wants to teach it. 
That's cool, man. And yeah, Ke- Kevin was always sort of known as having this like textbook style. If you could ever like sort of uh, build the perfect motocross racer, it would be Kevin Windham. Um, just with the, the height and the, the riding technique, the body positioning, the whole nine yards. Those are the types of things that you'll be enjoying over the course of your trip. Um, you've only been down there for, I guess you, you took off about a week ago. Um, I know you, you stopped somewhere along the way to do some riding. Uh, but what's, what's the housing situation, uh, like down, down there right now? Oh, the housing situation is actually really good. Uh, me and Tyler, we share kind of a living room with a few bunk beds in it. And, uh, I have two roommates, uh, Landon and Colby, and they each have their own rooms. And, uh, so far they've been really good to us. That's pretty cool. Is that Landon Peppered? Yep. He's really fast. <laughs> oh yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. I think, I think we might have to get him on one of these, uh, sometime soon because, uh, yeah, he, he certainly, just like you, qualifies for the Grom report because he's not yet turned pro. Um, that's pretty cool being, being surrounded by so many kids that basically live and breathe this stuff. Um, you're, you'll be sort of on the, the fast track to, uh, just kind of immersing yourself in the sport, which is a, for a kid like yourself is kind of exactly what you want. Uh, and that's sort of one of the things that the training facilities offer is just to basically be, it's almost like, uh, up here in Canada, we have French immersion where you learn everything in French. Well, uh, down in, uh, where you're at, you're learning everything in motocross, uh, which is maybe a preferred mode of uh of education right now but um have you been able to keep uh keep on top of your studies or uh are, are, are is that on the back burner right now oh yeah um i have done actually quite a bit so far but lots of the people that i've met down here they ask if i'm homeschooled because most of them are they do like the on-track stuff and all that so that sounds like it'd be a whole lot easier than what i'm doing here but yeah, I'm managing to get some done. Right on, right on. I'm sure uh, Tyler's a lot of help with your math homework. He can uh, help you with your addition, subtraction, maybe long division, something like that. Yep, sure. So, if am I am I mistaken, or will you be uh, attempting to qualify for uh, minios in in just one week's time? This this might come out. Uh, sometime next week. So, uh, by then you'll be, uh, you'll be on the starting line at, uh, at Minio's. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, we were hoping to, but now everything's kind of full and I don't think okay. we're going to be able to this year. Oh, but, okay. but next year, me and Tyler, we want to hopefully come and do Minio's. Okay. So that's like, this is now beca- going to become a, an annual pilgrimage of sorts. Um, spending I some down. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. I like that. Um, well, I also got an invite to come back down there or come down, uh, in, in, in the new year. So, uh, maybe when, when I head south to, uh, farm 14, uh, we throw the 71 machine in the back of my truck and we just make it a whole trip. Oh, I'd love that, Brad. Sounds like 100%. a lot of fun, dude. Awesome. So, uh, what do you hope to get out of this? Uh, like obviously you want to spend some time on your dirt bike. You want to get faster. Um, but, uh, in, in Jagger Wall's mind, um, what do you look to accomplish over the, the next seven, eight weeks while you're down there? Well, there's kind of two things that I, sorry, there's kind of two things that I want to do here. Um, first, I want to become, well, fast and know what I'm doing and go smooth and everything. And the second thing is to just meet people 
and experience what it's like down here in the States and just do all that stuff and just see what it's really like. There you go, man. That is super awesome. I, I know uh, you've got an impressive list of sponsors that seems to grow by the day, um, especially when I'm uh, sending your media kit to people. Um, but uh, yeah, give, give those uh, those sponsors some love as well as uh, maybe uh, give us a little bit of a, an anecdote as to uh, what the best thing you've learned so far from uh, Kyle Swanson in your travels in, in, in only your short period of time so far. Oh, yeah. Um, for, so first for the sponsors, uh, Fox, SKDA, uh, Pro Circuit, um, Keystone Cat, Borderland Power Sports, and, uh, those are the really big main ones. Oh, and of course, Big MX Radio and Verb Moto. You help a lot for me. <laughs> I try to, <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, about, Sorry, what was your second question about Kyle? Uh, just what, what's what's the most valuable thing you've learned from him so far? I know you've only been down there for a short bit, but uh, what have you taken away from that the most? Oh, that's a good question. I've learned lots of good stuff so far, but Kyle just has a really positive attitude, and that's just really contagious, you know? So that's just something good to carry forward. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, that's, that is awesome to hear. Uh, is it possible that you, uh, before we hang up the phone on, on this call, you, you toss the phone over to uh, my buddy Tyler Bergen, uh, so I can pick his brain for a, a minute or so. All right. Thanks, Jagger. Hey, Brad. There he is. Tyler <laughs> Bergen, the one eight four in your program. He leaves without a trace. He came here tonight to get on my case. What's going on, brother? Thank you so much for taking this kid down there. I'm, I'm I'm so glad to have you back in the fray, back riding your dirt bike and enjoying it. Yeah, so my Brad. Absolutely. Good Absolutely. To be back. How did this come about? Like that you were you were a ghost. You were gone and and somehow motocross it threw its line back into the water and it pulled itself out a Tyler Bergen. Yeah, so um I have a friend back in Altona Justin Peters, he had a 2008 KX250F sitting in his shed. And this summer, he asked me if I wanted to ride it. And I said, well, I don't know if I even have any gear. And he said, well, take it to your shop. Go clean it up if you want. It was, it's a carbureted bike. So cleaned out the carb, freshened it up and, uh, took it for a rip in the ditch and I think that next day I was online buying gear and then I think two weeks after that I went and bought a 450 but I think I got the last four or five races in the Manitoba series there you go man and, you, you uh, got you got yeah. bit by the bug like you, it bit you hard and, and <laughs> oh, it, yeah. it, I don't, I, it doesn't sound like it's let go since. No, no, it, it all came back pretty quick. Um, I'd been training, so that I think helped a lot. Mm -hmm. So my, my endurance and strength was there. And, um, yeah, about, I don't know, a couple months ago, I was on the tractor, we were harvesting and, I was just going through different training facilities in the States and I came across, 
Farm 14 on Instagram. And I emailed Kyle, talked to him a bit. And yeah, it was just an idea on the tractor one day. And now we're out southern Mississippi doing it. Dude, and I, I enjoying weather much nicer than we have right now. Although it's actually quite nice. It's uh, hovering around zero this week, but uh, clearly not nearly as nice as the, the weather that you're dealing with. Um, dude, I'm, I'm so excited for you to come down there. And uh, then I guess you get to, uh, uh, to, to share some expenses as well as some memories with young Jagger Wall. How'd that come about? Um, so I talked to his dad about coming down here and he asked if I could take Jagger and I said, yeah, like I'm going by myself. So it'd be great to have somebody come with that. I know Jagger's a local, local kid coming up in the racing. So I see big potential with him. And, uh, so yeah, I was more than happy to take him down. And I, I told his dad, I said, if, if you can pull him out of school, I can take him down here. So his dad lined it up and, yeah, I picked him up uh, last Tuesday. We we took off out of Gretna. We got down here, I think Thursday. So about two full days of driving. Whew. Yeah, you yeah, you're uh, you're on full driving duty because the young man is not quite old enough to be uh, behind the wheel. So good on you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. See- Dude, that's sick. Like, uh, getting to ride some of the tracks down there. Uh, I'm sure you're even learning some things from a guy like Kyle Swanson, as well as riding some epic tracks with, with some pretty cool, uh, some really good, uh, um, like the, the, the conditions down there are unreal. Oh, big time. Yeah. Like the tracks are so sick down here. The dirt's amazing. It's that red dirt. Never seen it in my life. Like the first time I saw this dirt right away, took a picture, like, it's just, yeah, it's great. And they, uh, they maintain the track so well here too. And they're watered and tilled up and prepped every morning. So the riding conditions are like, I've, I've never rode riding conditions like this before. It's so good. I love it, man. Well, I'm so, I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you guys so much for making some time this evening to, to come on the podcast. This will appear on, uh, the Verb Podcast Network. Uh, I believe it'll be next week. Uh, but until then, uh, you guys continue to get that throttle therapy, uh, soak it in every single day. And, uh, I'm just glad that in 48 hours, I myself also get to, uh, board an airplane and, uh, head down to where it is much, much warmer. And where we currently are. Nice. Yeah, well, thanks for your time, Brad. Always a pleasure, man. Uh, Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut things off right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we just heard from Kyle Swanson and one of his star pupils right now, Jagger Wall. Really appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please support all of the sponsors, including Amp Bikes, uh, Guts Racing, you name it, Racetech here on Verb. And uh, yeah, that's what helps these podcasts continue on. Um, but this podcast, like maybe a little bit unorthodox, uh, like welcoming on um, a, a young racer from Canada. Um, 
maybe not have been on the sort of on the radar of a lot of the prospective listeners of the verb pod network. Um, but what I love about this is this is so verb. This is so grassroots right in the wheelhouse of what makes throttle therapy and the relatableness of verb moto just so powerful. Like Jagger wall is an example of dozens, maybe hundreds of young athletes, not totally un- unlike himself who love the sport. They want to spend more time doing it and uh, living out uh, almost like a dream uh, scenario of going down to a place like farm 14 to uh, sharpen their skills throughout the winter time, uh, especially if you're up here in the great white north of Canada. So uh, shout out to K-Dub for uh, uh, letting us have Kyle Swanson on the pod. Uh, and same thing for uh, for both uh, Jagger and uh, my buddy Tyler for uh, making some time for us. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully you didn't turn it off. Uh, although if you turn it off, you're not going to hear this. So anyway, guys, have yourselves a great one. Hopefully you get some throttle therapy and we'll see you at the next Verb Shred Tour.